I think it's really important to find your niche, but not in a way where you can really become popular or well-known, but just something that you really like and that's something that's part of you and that's important to you and then try to, to pursue this the most within performing. I yeah. think this, this is not easy because there's so much of this, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's really fun to, like, just the process of finding this path and then growing into it, it's really, really amazing. Today, I'm talking to the violinist Susanna Batzinska. It's so great to meet you here on Zoom, Susanna. Great to meet you. Thank you for having me. Where are you based at the moment? I'm based in Vienna at the moment, but I come from Poland. Yeah, so um, did you grow up there in Poland? Yes, I did. I've lived there for around 20 years, first 20 years of my life. Um, I come from a very small town in the eastern Poland, around 100 kilometers from the Belarusian border. Um, so there's also not many possibilities to study music there. But the thing is that um, there was one very famous violinist, Karol Lipinski, who was born in my hometown, Radzin Podlaski. And he was actually the biggest rival of Paganini in, its, in his time. And actually Paganini once said, when he was asked about um, who is, in Paganini's opinion, the best violinist in the world? He said, I'm not sure about the first one, but the second is definitely Lipinski. So we had mm. a big violin tradition in my hometown. And we had just like the, the first grad um, music school, which is just six years. And I started there. Um, but do I, you come from a do you come from a musical family? Did your parents or family members play violin? Not at all. My parents are both dentists. But I can okay. tell they both have very good, um, very good hearing, and they mm-hmm. always sang very well in terms of um, the just intonation. It was always very much in tune. And my father was very talented, also in terms of playing instruments, but but learning them uh, on like on his own because he learned yeah. to play the piano, the accordion, and the guitar all by himself. So I guess there was some kind of musical. Um, talents running in the family, but nobody pursued them as a career. But what exactly uh, about the violin intrigues you? Um, well, at, at the beginning, I actually wanted to play the saxophone, but it was much bigger than I oh, was uh, at the moment. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my mother always wanted me to play the violin, and I also passed the, um, the exams, the entrance exams to the music school very well on a, on a higher level than normally it did. But that, time and then they said it's it's probably because I have very good hearing and I should play the violin because it's very necessary of course to have a very good hearing to play the violin and that's how I started and I must say that I think um, the love for the violin it just grew um, with the love for my first teacher she was really passionate about the instrument and about arts in general she was also a painter um, and she was really just this type of person who could really, um, she really took care of her students a lot and we all loved her. And that was really, I think it was very special to have that sort of personality at the very beginning of the musical journey. It's very important for children. Well, I love when when artists tell this, you know, about their teachers, because I think it's so important. I think the the value of teaching is 
completely underestimated because like you say now, uh, you know, that the love for the violence. So she installed still that in you and and helped you on your path. So this is amazing. This is so valuable. That's that's very true. And I, I really think especially the um, the beginning of the education is so important. And I think speaking of underestimating the power of teaching, it's I think the very first four to five years, these are the most underestimated, I would say. Because um I would say they're crucial because it's the easiest to give up then, especially with the violin, when you know yeah. it all sounds so horrible for such a long time. <laughs> and it really requires a lot of love, even for the horrible sounds, to be able yeah. to, to to make them into beautiful sounds in a, in a while. So, And I, the patience of these teachers, you know, to to pursue and to help the, the students to carry on and like you say it's so easy because when you're young you don't see um the future so easily so you don't see the possibilities for you that's that's very true and also for for the parents i think the parent teacher relationship is is also really important and also underestimated in many uh in many ways especially with musical education with our instruments when the teacher is almost like a third parent because we spend so much one-on-one time with the teacher yeah. and I think the, um, this relationship that the parents and the teacher are sort of of the same opinion about everything, or they like find as the same opinion at some point. It's yeah. it's really important to to help the child develop in the in the best way that he or she can. And of course, it's that fine line of uh, not pushing the child but motivating the child. Of course, that's something my parents did really very well because they always, they made sure I would not only practice. I hated practicing, by the way, but of course, really? <laughs> I hated it. I still don't really like it that much, but it's 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 better now. <laughs> anyway, I really hated practicing, but I really liked playing. But also I liked basically everything else. And my parents always made sure that I liked everything else and that I was studying everything else so that when I was 15 or 16 and there was, I think this was the time when I had to decide if I really wanted to become a professional violinist. It wasn't the only option I had because I had teachers, English, German, biology, art, Polish also teachers telling me I should go in a completely different direction because they thought I was good enough to do all these different things, which I loved. And mm-hmm. I think this was also hard at some to, to some extent because I really had to in a way, I give that up, give everything else apart from the violin up um, to to really focus on it. But it was great to have this, this option and not to feel limited and to be stuck with the music if I decided it wasn't something I didn't want to do. So this not pushing, but encouraging to develop in many different yeah. um, areas, I think it's really important, but very and difficult. That, <laughs> yeah, but that you could make that choice, you know, that you knew that this is what you wanted to do. Yes, I, I did. I mean, I this this first teacher I mentioned at the beginning, she actually passed away after um, four years of teaching me. She was very young. She was just 39 when she passed away. And at this time, um, then I had some not so great teachers. Um, and I was, me and my parents, we were, we were all thinking about, um, giving up the idea of violin because it was just really not going well for, I would say one year and a half. And we were, 
once at this point where we had the resignation letter to the music school written and I just had to sign it. Of course, my parents had to, but I also had to do it. And and I, I remember I was, uh, for a long time, I was convinced we should quit. But then when I saw the, the letter and I read it, I just started crying and said I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. So I think at this this point when I had to decide, it was in a way the second time I had to decide. So almost 10 years later. Oh, no, not 10 years, but like eight, eight mm-hmm. years later, I would say. Um, so I was already more aware of the choice. So, so it was it was easier. Mm, yeah but uh then you've done so much i mean i see i read uh, i read about your uh or i read your cv and and everything you've done and you've been all over the world really and and you've been part of many competitions as well so uh was that the path i mean that's uh, did you automatically knew that you had to do that to to be able to establish your name and and to get somewhere with violin well, I I was raised musically in a way that I knew I had to do competitions. And um, I think now it's maybe a bit different, but when I started, so it was 2004. Um, so it was still the time when really everybody had to do competitions. So so I did. And um, I rather liked it. I'm I'm quite a competitive person, but in, in a healthy way. Like I wouldn't yeah, yeah. really go over the borders to win something that's... that's that was never me but but I like competing it's 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 not something um that I feel bad with um but recently I've heard this interview of this very famous Polish actor and he mentioned when he was in the drama school he got this advice from a very famous director and he said you know when you're in a running competition and then there's the command go and everybody starts running and of course they want to be the first you shouldn't go with them you should go the other direction because then the crowd is not following the race but they're following this one idiot who's going <laughs> the other direction and why and what That's what true, yeah. and this this actor he's actually the best polish comedian ever i would say and he said that's what his life looked like for the better part of it. he said this was the best advice he ever got and mm-hmm. i would say my life is maybe not completely like this but mm-hmm. i've i've done a lot of things that weren't I would say normal mm-hmm. <laughs> for for a musical musical career so I wouldn't say competitions um were the biggest part of of mm-hmm. my life and my musical life and also the most important prizes I got I actually they weren't from violin or chamber music competitions they were prizes for my concert activities basically so like mm-hmm. more of acknowledgement prizes so very mm-hmm. important especially in Poland, like this year in June, I got the um, Young Promoter of Poland Award. And this is the uh, a prize of the president of the Republic of Poland. Wow. And Congratulations. Also, thank you. Mm. And um, also together with my husband, the pianist, Szymona Grzyk, we got the Korifels of the Polish Music Prize, which is also very important for promoting Polish music, which we do mm. a lot. So these prizes really matter to me the most because they're based on something I really love doing, which is playing concerts and promoting unknown Polish music in Poland and abroad. And uh, and these are the most valuable. So I would say it's just this is a bit different that, than just going mm-hmm. to a competition and winning the competition. Well, this is again uh, where you use your art to make a difference or to 
to make an impact, you know, and, and I think this is so important to do. I also think so. And uh, I think it's really important to find your niche, but not in a way where you can really become popular or well-known, but just something that you really like and that's something that's part of you and that's important to you and then try to, to pursue this the most within performing. I yeah. think this, this is not easy because there's so much of this, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's really fun to, like just the process of finding this path and then growing into it. It's really, really amazing. But now in Poland, is there, um, uh, I mean, are there a lot of opportunities for musicians, for artists? And there is more and more opportunities. There always were quite some, but the classical music scene especially is not as, as big as in Vienna, whereas you can here you can have a hundred concerts in one day and it's really hard yeah. to decide which one to attend because they're so also great. There's mm-hmm. not that many in Poland, unfortunately. But I feel like in the last two years, maybe since since COVID started, I would say, um, it's it's becoming more and more popular and um, classy to go into a classical music concert. So it's it's being fashionable now, which I think is is a very good way to promote it and to yeah. like get get people to to understand how really classy and really mm-hmm. fantastic it is to be part of this. And as a listener, I mean, of course, I I go to concerts myself as well, and I love it. So I would say there is more and more, and also the the younger generation artists, they are trying to do a lot of, um, and they're setting up a lot of foundations and programs for even younger, like the students, teenagers. Um, Amazing. So I think in the next 10 years, it can change quite a lot because now a lot of these projects are, are new, like they're one or two years old, maybe, but I would say in 10 years, it should be much, much better. And it's really, so I'm I'm hopeful about this. Yeah, and amazing that because I'm so passionate about the fact that that younger uh, that young people have must have the opportunity to do different forms of art, not just music, but all forms of art, you know. And and these projects they they are so meaningful because they start this process and they start this this whole wave of um, of what can be done in the future. Of course, and I, I think it's it's important for all musicians also to try different forms of art, even if you're not good at it. I think it's just important to try to. I mean, I used to draw quite a lot. Now I don't because I don't really have time for it, and um, so I kind of gave it up. But I did draw a lot, and this would always really help me with with playing because, of course, I wasn't Monet or or Degas. But then, if you do just a little bit of this. And then you see a painting which, for example, inspired Debussy to write his music. It's much easier to understand the painting because you kind of know what he did there to, to do. Oh, yes. it's, it's really, yeah. for me, it's it's really important. Like even the, um, the the brush strokes, like the when you imagine the movement they used while painting and then you try to convey this in your music when you're playing of course now i'm speaking about impressionism because it's the most connected connected but it's really but it's so true and and you know with with different things i mean sometimes i uh, i speak to artists who who do different things and i always ask how do these things overlap and they always say they do Mm -hmm. you know they somehow the brain just does that that's that's very true just the creative part i feel like 
once you do one creative form of art, then it's easier to to do the other one because you already have um, a bit of imagination for the other type already and the vulnerability yeah. also to the other type. Mm. But now I see you also part of a trio. Yeah. Tell me about the trio. Well, the trio is probably now more than 60% of my life, of my musical life. Um, uh, it's the Cuore Piano Trio, Cuore from Italian means heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's oh. also in a very distant translation. It's also the surname of our pianist. My husband's okay. also my surname now. Uh, which his surname actually means the core of an apple and actually quarter yeah. in Italian also, as I mentioned, is also yeah. of an apple. Oh, what, how, what also a the beautiful piano. surname to have. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. And also the, the piano is, of course, the heart of the piano trio. So kind of our name has three dimensions. Yeah. And um, we've been playing together for six years now. Mm-hmm. We all started in Warsaw completely by accident because... Um, my pianist asked me if I wanted to play one semester of chamber music in the trio with him. And I was like, of course, I love chamber music. Why not? And then I called um, our cellist, whom I known already from, from high school. We've known each other actually half of our lives this year, exactly. And uh, she was also doing German studies at the time. And she really didn't have much time for, for pr- regular preparations and exams and everything. And this was the deal that we practice for a week, we play a concert, and then she gets a grade. So she was, okay. of course, happy to do it because she could yeah. skip one exam when she had tons of it. But then yeah. after this concert, we started getting more and more opportunities and concert invitations. And now we just turned six years old. <laughs> and we yeah. have our own cycle in Brandsel, the Musikverein. So this is really going Amazing. Hard. But so did you meet your husband through this um, trio? Actually, through a duet because we we okay. first um, played as a duo <clears throat> because I got this um, this is this was another funny story. I applied for this scholarship at our university, which is speaking of good opportunities. It's a great opportunity. There's a scholarship at the Federal University of Music in Warsaw for students where you have to come up with a CD concept, and it's um, if the jury decides it's a good concept and you have enough achievements you get to record the city and it's funded by the Societe Generale Bank. And I got this scholarship when I was a freshman, but the problem is I didn't have a pianist. Uh, so okay. I ran to my um, chamber music professor who actually also studied in Vienna. So it's kind of a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shimon, my husband, he had a lesson with her at the time. And she was like, you know, he's a good pianist. He can learn fast. Shimon, would you like to record the CD with Susanna? <laughs> so of course he did. <laughs> And that's that's how we met, and then from the door. And that's the love story, yeah. then. Yes, kind of. <laughs> oh, <laughs> amazing! Oh, I always love love stories. Yeah, that's a nice one. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, now talking about your study. So, you what? When did you come to Vienna to come and study? Um, it was 2018, and I first came for Erasmus, um, because I wanted to study with Professor Edward Pink. He he is Polish and he he was teaching here in Vienna for he has been had been actually now teaching for around 30 years. And I've known him from some master classes in Poland. And also he comes from the same region of Poland than I do. So oh, we okay. have a lot of mutual musical history already by just by the region. And I've known him uh, a while and I always wanted to study with him. So that's why I actually came to Vienna. And I dragged 
my husband with me, uh, not husband okay. at that yeah. time. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, we were here for a year and then we just decided we really want to, to stay. And also we were telling our cellist a lot of good things about Vienna, about the university, the professors. Mm, so she came for Erasmus one year later and then one year later she also decided to stay and that's how amazing. we kind of gradually moved from Warsaw, you know, all three of us. Amazing. So then you're all together now. Yes. But now tell me, and, and do you teach as well? I used to. I don't do this in Vienna, but I, I used to teach um, young kids mm -hmm. when I was um, studying in Warsaw. Oh, okay. But this now, is always challenging, uh, speaking especially of um, of the kids that just had so many extracurricular activities and they would come home from swimming class or a violin class and then straight to Chinese or tennis class, hmm. which was, it was really difficult to, um, to get their attention to, to stay there. But I always learned a lot from, from kids and from, from the simple way they sometimes see things. And um, it's just, it, it was really inspiring. At some point I had a student, um, a Chinese student whose mom was a diplomat in the Chinese embassy in Warsaw. So I would, I would go to the embassy, teach him. And I even met the ambassador by accident. Amazing. Just in the corridor. Yeah. And this was also very inspiring to just get to know the culture. And they were always so, mm. so supportive. And um, yeah, I've, well, um, many people say this, that when they teach, they learn so much. It's really a big, big part of teaching, but just acknowledging the fact that it's a big part of teaching, I think it's, it's mm. also very important. And that's what, what makes a good teacher, I, I think. Yeah. But now tell me, what are still the wishes for you for the future? Well... Um, the past few years for me were mostly about chamber music because we were, the trio was, I mean, it still is, but it was growing really fast, especially the, the last two years. Uh, but now I've got also many more um, solo opportunities and I just performed with an orchestra in Poland um, 10 days ago. And I really loved that as well. So definitely what, what is my wish is to, to play as a soloist more. Um, but that doesn't mean play less of the trio, of oh, course. Yeah. Um, I guess, I mean, for me, there was always no one path that I wanted to do. I always wanted to do everything. I also like playing in an orchestra, but I don't think having a stable um, job at an orchestra is a thing for me. I don't think this works, but I really love taking part in different projects just now and then with different orchestras. It's also really, I mean, learning from conductors and from the musicians in the orchestra is also really inspiring. And even for playing solo, of course, when you play solo with an orchestra and you've already worked in orchestras with so many good conductors, it's, it helps tremendously to like be able to lead the orchestra from the soloist point of view. And also for, for chamber music, of course, I mean, me being a violinist, usually I'm the one who gives cues when to enter or oh, I'm yeah. trying like, to, to keep it in place. So of course, Everything you learn in an orchestra is really valuable for chamber music as well. I mean, orchestra is just one big chamber music as well. So mm. I would just like to do everything, and of course, teaching at some point. Mm. Well, you seem to you seem to be that type of person because you, when you said also in school you did all the different things and you, you know, you were good at 
everything you do and and so you <laughs> I don't know but then you know this is this is your life that you like to do all these different things that's 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 true mm-hmm. I always I was interested in, in really many many different things and um, I just really like a lot of things so now they're more music orientated but but yeah. uh, being a that, musical journalist would also be amazing because I love to write and I, I always really? did now it's just mostly applications for funds to record CDs or things like this. So it's maybe oh, okay. creative of work, but you can make it creative, which I always yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like you say, and all these things also overlap, you know, and they make, they influence each other. So uh, that's amazing that you do that. But um, do you also do other, do you also play other genres or do you just play classical music? I play mostly classical music, but I, I, I mean, uh, if we can call um, baroque music like um, historical instruments a different mm-hmm. genre, I think now we we actually can because it's the historical performance is so much of a theme right now. Um, so I also play this, and sometimes I also take part in um, in non-classical uh, projects, mostly in in Poland. I did um, I, I did just in July record a CD with this. Um, I would say he's a soul singer. It's really it's a bit hard to tell what what he um okay what what he sings, but I mean c- kind of a soul mm. a singer. We just recorded a CD with with him. It's going to premiere in eight days. Mm. And uh, also a year a, a year ago, I I played a big concert tour with a very famous pop singer who actually is my classmate. So really, yeah. And who's this? Uh, um, she's also from Poland. It's Sanach mm-hmm. with an an H. At the yeah. end. She's she's quite really big in Poland, probably okay. the the most popular right now. Um, so that was also an interesting experience to play for thirty thousand people. <laughs> yeah, very nice. But I would say what I really liked the most about this is that when you do something the public likes, they will scream and clap and mm-hmm. just be joyful, and it's really rewarding to get this like this opinion right back and not after the concert when you talk to the public it just really yeah. drives you to i can to, imagine yeah that's amazing that's be, something yeah. we lack in in classical music i would say because of course they're yeah. concentrated and the public has to be concentrated and then you can have the feedback after the concert so you can maybe use it for another concert but not during this particular one yeah but of course there's there's no in a way there's no way to incorporate this into the other yeah but then again the um concert cycle we have in music for in the souvenir mm-hmm. um it's uh concerts for people with dementia and without and it's for so like the sick people and their family members but of course mm-hmm. everybody is invited and these concerts are a bit different they're moderated by veronica mandel from music and uh, we usually play short pieces like one movement of a trio, then something else. It's a one hour long concert. And the public, because of their sickness, they're allowed to do whatever they feel like. So sometimes mm-hmm. we would play a waltz and they would start dancing a waltz. Or Amazing. somebody would start whistling. Or there's a lot of songs that we arrange, um, like very easy Austrian songs that children sing when they're young. We play them in a trio and the people would start singing with us because they still have this memory. So this yeah. is, I think maybe this is the way um, to incorporate this engagement of the audience into a serious concert. And this is very rewarding, very touching. 
And also we have a lot of our friends who come to the concerts to support us and they love it as well, even though, of course, mm. they don't suffer from dementia, but they love just being a part of the concert that you finally can do something on your own from the listener points of view, which is amazing. Also for us, I mean, it's just great yeah. to, to see what to enjoy. What an amazing project this is. The next concert is on the 27th of November at yeah. 3 o'clock in Bramstad. It's a Monday, so you're only invited. Oh, thank you. What, the 27th of December? No, November. Of November. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. But what and and um, but this is an amazing project and and how wonderful that you know that the people respond this way. They really do. That's that's mm -hmm. something. Um, at the beginning because it started last year, we played three concerts. Then another trio played three concerts, and this year we are performing the full cycle. So last year, before we started, before the very first concert, we had a workshop with Caritas because this is a project of Music Fair with Caritas and with MDV. Yeah. Um. So. We've, we were uh, educated about dementia much more than, than we were before. Of course, I think every one of us has a grandma or a grandpa that suffers from it. So yeah. we all know a bit, but we never know the full story. So it was also very important to, to actually get to know more in a scientific point of view. And um, so we were warned in a way that many different things could happen because you never know how the people will react yeah but it's it's always i mean nothing scary or or weird happens it's just they enjoy this so much and sometimes the people Amazing. would come to us after the concert we always try to talk to the audience after any concert we play and after these concerts especially and everybody really enjoys it so much and especially when you you know you, you come to the concert with your mother or your grandmother who won't speak to you but then she starts to sing a song that she remembers from her childhood yeah. that was, it's really well sometimes we have um moments when Shimon plays solo and I would turn the pages for him so when I just sit there I get to just listen to him and observe the audience it's really really difficult not to to shed a tear because it's just so really so emotional and then you have to go back and stay focused and play Mozart trio so it's also not easy in a way yeah but first of all just the um this project that you are involved in this amazing that you do this and then also um just another example of how art uh, can s do such amazing things you know and and it's so many times where we say, okay, but we don't need art. But yes, we do need art. You Definitely. know, we do need this. We do need music. So we cannot say that it's not important or that it's not uh, life-changing because it is, you know. Was it Winston Churchill who said that if we're if the world after the war is to be without art, what we are even fighting for? I think yeah. it was Churchill. So yeah. I think it's it's no, Yeah. But Susanna, this was so great talking to you and thank you so much for your time. Thank you really again for having me. It was really great talking to you. Very inspiring and also good to sum up everything I did for Yeah. <laughs> Amazing work that you're doing, honestly. And and I'm very glad that we let that we had this conversation and all the best with your projects and the amazing work that you're doing. I really admire artists who go outside themselves, you know, and and 
be of service with their art. I think that is so important. And you are such a great example of that. Thank you so much. It's really lovely to hear this and make and it makes a difference and it means a lot. <laughs> but have a lovely afternoon. You and too. I hope to see you in person. Yes, hopefully in, in Musikverein on the 27th if you have time. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Okay. Okay, I'm Susanna. See you soon. See you soon. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.